Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Soundprints for the week of October 28, 2016. As you can probably tell, I've managed to contract a nasty cold since returning from the ACB Fall Board Meeting in Reno last week. Coincidentally, I received an email from WebMD that contained a quiz about colds and flu. Here's the quiz for your information. Cold and flu quiz, can you tell the difference? From www.webmd.com Question 1 You woke up with a sore throat and a runny nose. You probably have A. A cold or B. The flu. The correct answer is a cold. Still, it could be the flu. Colds and the flu share a few symptoms. Both are caused by viruses that invade the upper airways. But colds are milder. Fever, body aches, dry cough, and being very tired are more likely to be the flu. Question 2. Cold symptoms tend to come on gradually, but the flu starts suddenly. A. True. B. False. The correct answer is true. You'll often feel a cold coming on over a few days, but flu symptoms begin quickly, over a period of three to six hours. Question 3. Being exhausted is a sign of A. A cold B. The flu. The correct answer is the flu. If you feel like you can't get out of bed, don't. Serious fatigue, along with chills and body aches, are signs that you have the flu. So you need plenty of rest. Acetaminophen, naproxen, and ibuprofen can help with body aches. 4. You can catch the flu from someone before they look sick. A. True. B. False. The correct answer is true. Someone can spread the flu a day before they start to feel sick, and up to seven days after that, so they can pass the virus on before they know they have it. People with colds are most contagious two to four days after the symptoms show up, but the cold can be catchy for as long as two weeks. That's a good reason to wash your hands often during cold and flu season, not just when you're around someone who looks or sounds sick. Question 5. You should always stay home from work if you have a cold. A. True. B. False. The correct answer is false. It depends on how you feel. If you can't focus on your tasks, if you're coughing a lot, or if you just feel bad, stay home until you're better. Since you may be contagious, your co-workers may thank you for it. If you do go to work, cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and wash your hands often. If you have flu, stay home. You probably won't feel like going in anyway, and you definitely don't want to spread it. Question 6. Drinking fluids helps the flu, but not a cold. A. True. B. False. 
The correct answer is false. With a cold or the flu, fluids help break up congestion and thin mucus. So drink plenty of fluids like water, herbal tea, ginger ale, and soup. Sports drinks or broth can also help. Question 7. You can go to work as soon as your fever stops. A. True. B. False. The correct answer is false. Wait at least 24 hours after your fever goes away naturally without using medicine to bring it down before you return to work. You should also avoid travel, social events, movies, and other public gatherings for 24 hours after your temperature is normal. Question 8. Chicken soup may help fight a cold. A. True. B. False. The correct answer is true. There's a reason why this home remedy has made the rounds for hundreds of years. It's good for you and keeps your fluids up. Studies show that chicken soup may also help fight infection and keep germs from entering the body through the nose. And it seems to thin mucus better than other warm liquids. Question 9. When are you most likely to get the flu? A. October B. December C. February The correct answer is February. Winter is flu season, but flu outbreaks can happen any time between October and April. Most people come down with the flu in February. The best time to get a flu vaccine is in the fall, before flu season starts, so your body has time to build up immunity. Better late than never, though. Getting a flu vaccine any time during flu season offers some protection. Question 10. Which can soothe a sore throat? A. Gargling with warm salt water. B. Sucking on a frozen ice pop. C. Both. The correct answer is both. Sucking on ice chips or a frozen ice pop does double duty for a cold and sore throat. It numbs your throat and gets liquid or fluid into your body. Gargle with a mixture of one cup of warm water and half a teaspoon of salt. Spit the liquid out afterwards. Warm drinks like tea or a cool mist humidifier may also give you some relief. Question 11. The average cold lasts for about two days, B, a week, or C, two weeks? The correct answer is one week. It may seem like forever when you have one, but colds usually end after somewhere from seven to ten days. Most stick around for roughly a week. See a doctor if you've been sick more than seven days or have a high fever, severe sinus pain, swollen glands, a cough that brings up mucus or blood, shortness of breath. And the last question is, if you have a bad cold, should you take antibiotics? A. True. B. False. The correct answer is false. Antibiotics won't help a cold. They treat bacterial infections, so viruses cause colds. 
If your cold brings on a bacterial infection, such as one in your ear or sinuses, your doctor may give you an antibiotic. If it's plain old sniffles or a sore throat, you can ask your doctor or pharmacist about over-the-counter medication to help you feel better while your cold runs its course. The 2016 Convention of the Kentucky Council of the Blind is coming up November 11 and 12, and one of the exciting features this year is an opportunity for everyone to really get up close and personal with technology. Compare Braille, audio, and magnification technology and find out what works best for you. Dave Wilkinson from HIMS visits with us on page 2 and previous products that you will be able to see and try out at the KCB convention. Other companies that will be bringing technology include the American Printing House for the Blind and there will also be products there from Humanware and other sources. Will Evans and I were guests on a program called State of Affairs on October 26, 2004. That program was aired just before the 2004 presidential election, and accessible voting had been around for only a few years at that time. Additionally, the Kentucky School for the Blind is celebrating its 175th anniversary on May 9, 2017, and the 25-year period from 1967 to 1992, being called the Will Evans era, is being honored during the entire month of November. We're bringing you some of the segments of the 2004 State of Affairs program to recognize Will Evans Month at KSB and to look back at accessible voting 12 years ago. Other voices besides Will and me that you will hear on page 3 are Imogene Bradley, Melanie Pesco, and Marcellus Mays. And on page 4, is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. I'm talking to Dave Wilkinson, who is the National Education Manager with HIMS, and HIMS is the company that markets all of the Sense products. I guess we have good sense with HIMS, right, Dave? Absolutely. It, 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 it makes all the sense in the world to go with HIMS. <laughs> Well, Dave is going to be at the Kentucky Council of the Blind Convention coming up November 11 and 12. He is going to be in our new tech area called the Great Beyond, and he will be demonstrating and showing you, letting you compare products from HIMS with other products. And Dave, we're so glad you're going to be participating in our new venture here with technology. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to bringing products from the great beyond into the general realm of use for people so that they, they don't seem like they're quite from the great beyond. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're going to be bringing the Braille Sense. That's a note taker. Tell us about uh, tell us a little bit about that. And also, um, tell us about some of the other products you're going to be bringing along. We're going to have all three models of the Braille Sense. Uh, the we're going to have the U2, which is the 32-cell uh, Braille keyboard model. We'll have the U2 QWERTY, which, as the name implies, would have a QWERTY keyboard, so it's a standard computer keyboard. And we'll have the U2 Mini, which is the smallest note-taker on the market. It's not missing any features of the larger units. It doesn't have quite as many USB ports, and some of the hardware is a little different, but the, the board is the same and the features are the same. 
Uh, the BrailleSense U2, we think, is the quietest, fastest, uh, most ergonomic note-taker on the market. We offer a number of convenient apps for things like downloading books from Bookshare, downloading books from the National Library Service. We have a really cool Google search app that eliminates all the ads through Google. Oh. A really cool app for Dropbox. Uh, so we've got a lot of really neat apps that just take some of the we, – we have a really cool Facebook and Twitter app so that if you're really tired of having Facebook and Twitter, the screen's always changing on you, you can use our app and it won't happen. And we have a nifty YouTube app that will also let you download the MP3 of your YouTube videos so you don't have to go look for them again. Ooh. And that goes along with all of the – And that's you know, all, all in, your, in the Braille Sense. That's all part of the Braille that's Sense? All, that's all a part of the Braille Sense. Uh-huh. We offer a number of other things, you know, the traditional word processor, email, calendar, web browser, and all that type of stuff. But that's not near as flashy as talking about YouTube. So <laughs> drop by the – come to the great beyond, and we'll show you some of the really cool things that the YouTube can do. Now, you also have some magnification products. And we have had several people in the past few weeks to just happen to call and ask about magnification products. And uh, – in, in talking about setting up this tech area, some people who I wouldn't have thought of as, as being interested in those products have said, hey, I really want to look at those because they might be able to help me too. So tell us what HIMS offers for magnification. HIMS has several video magnifiers going from our handheld video magnifiers. We have the Candy 4, which is a 4-inch handheld video magnifier, and the Candy 5, which, shockingly enough, is a 5-inch video magnifier. <laughs> <laughs> Real creative names there. They are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that, that can be used with a reading stand or it can be used uh, as, as a, a handheld magnifier. Our Candy 5 has a really neat feature that it has a revert, it has a, a, a camera that gives you a mirror image of you. So you could use it for things like putting on makeup or nail polish or just looking at yourself in the is sort of your own reflection and thinking, how cool am I? That's right. Uh, <laughs> that could be very useful for some people. It really could. Absolutely. And then we, we, we have our eBot, which has been out for a while now. I'll be bringing the eBot Pro, which is a video magnifier. It's a camera that transmits the image wirelessly to virtually any tablet you want, whether it's an iPad or an Android tablet or your PC or your Mac. Uh, we, the Wi-Fi network is built into eBot, so you don't have to rely on anyone else's Wi-Fi network. And what makes the eBot Pro really cool is that you can actually control it from your tablet. So whether you're looking at something, a, a piece of paper under the camera, or scanning across the room for distance view, uh, or even doing optical character recognition, you can control the whole thing from the tablet. So that I've got the students who will be in the back of the room with the cab, the, the eBot in the front. And all they're really using it for is looking at something like a smart board. And they'll just be controlling the camera from the back of the room so they don't have to have this weird thing sitting on the desk. They've just got their iPad sitting there, and they're controlling it. Oh, and, and so pretty they, cool. Yeah. I bet the kids love it because then they just look like everybody else. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, they can, and, 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 and they can, take, uh, they can take screenshots with their iPad so that if they're looking at the smart board, you know, if they want to grab a complex equation or whatever or just that special someone in the front row they want to look at again later you can just have a picture with your ipad with the uh and get a screenshot with your ipad you've got the the, the camera shot from the e-bot so it's got lots of uses there and we've also got the go vision 
which is we we classify it as a transportable, which doesn't mean necessarily portable. It, it means portable if you happen to be really strong. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's about 17 pounds, so it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, you really you're not going to carry that in your pocket. No, no, not unless it's you know not not unless you got a really big pocket. <laughs> but it's a it's a 24 inch uh, screen, and it has a camera again for near view and distance view. Uh, what sets the the GoVision apart is it has the ability to open files directly from a USB flash drive. So that if you want to open, say, a Microsoft Word file onto the GoVision, you don't have to have a printed copy of it. You can just open it directly from a USB drive. And it can also open pictures that way. Uh, it can open PowerPoints that way. We can open videos doing that. So that you can just open files directly from a, a, a flash drive. What we found happened a lot is that students would be in a classroom and the teacher would walk in and they'd be like, oh, man, I forgot that, that special copy for that kid over there who needs the bigger stuff. Um, and so this way, we've taken it out of the not always uh, on top of their game sort of teacher's hands. They've got enough to worry about, and if they can just get it to the student on the thumb drive, and they're good to go. Mm-hmm. You can also hook your iPhone or your Android tablet or iPad or whatever into the GoVision and use the 24-inch screen to look at your tablet screen. So if you're wanting to look at something like a YouTube video off of your phone and have it on a bigger screen, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the GoVision, again, has optical character recognition. Uh, it has limited distance OCR. Uh, it's not something that we really advertise as a feature, but we found that it does work. So you can focus if you're really careful on like a sign that's a little bit far away and take a picture and it'll read it back to you. Uh, the GoVision is... Uh, and has a carrying case that you can get for it that's on wheels so that if you don't want to put this bad boy in your pocket, you can just drag it behind you. That's what I do. Uh, so, we'll, so we'll have the GoVision there as well. So we'll have our Candy our candy 4 and Candy 5, our eBot Pro, and our GoVision uh, video magnifiers there for you to look at. Wow. That is going to be impressive. You're going you're gonna to have a ton of stuff with you. It's going to be fantastic. Yes. Well, you told me, too, <laughs> that you were bringing, you're bringing um, several Braille senses. So if a person comes in, and, and this is going to be a very, very different kind of tech experience because it's not, I mean, if you just, if, you, if you're coming to the convention and you just want to get a look at the different things, you can do that. But if you want to sit down and uh, you know, like at like at the table where you'll be, Dave. If you want to sit down at Dave's table and really try out the Braille sense or uh, the magnification items, you know, products, um, you'll be able to do that and and really spend some time figuring out what it is that works best for you. And absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because oftentimes, I know. It, it really sometimes frustrates me to go around and look at things in an exhibit hall where I walk up to a table and the person you know, doesn't have, you can't spend even 10 minutes looking at something. If I'm going to spend a lot of money to buy an item or if I'm going to go ask my rehab counselor to buy an item for me, I need to have more than just a general first impression of that You product. absolutely do. 
Yeah. For I, a lot of folks, this is a one-shot deal. They may right. not have an opportunity like this for years to come. Right. Uh, you know, I, I want you to spend time with the equipment to look at the Braille senses, our video magnifiers. I'm also going to have the Braille Edge, which is our 40-cell Braille display. Oh. Uh, the, the Smart Beetle, which can connect to six devices simultaneously. Oh, my. Uh, it's a 14-cell Braille display. And we'll have our Blaze ET and EZ uh digital book readers that also have a camera on them for optical character recognition and it can be used as a color identifier. Oh. So we're going to have a bunch of stuff for you to play you with. You are. You're going to need a lot of space. I'll use it. <laughs> I, I bet I, you I will. I have a bad habit of using whatever space I have available. <laughs> Smart person there. So. <laughs> I just sort of expand until I can anymore. Dave, tell us about your background in this area. I mean, you didn't just all of a sudden drop into being the education manager for HIMSS. I've been doing this a long time. I started out in this industry uh, back in the late 90s with a little assistive tech company called Bartimaeus Group in Northern Virginia that folks have probably never really heard of at this point. They're doing most of mostly accessibility testing at this point. But I got started with Bartimaeus Group what I, as what I thought would be a temporary job. I'd been managing college residence halls, uh, so I had buildings of like seven, eight hundred, six to eight hundred college freshmen and sophomores, and I've been doing that for a few years. And I was exhausted, and I needed something else to do. And I took this job at Bartimaeus Group as a I, they needed a sales manager, and I needed a job. And for whatever reason, they decided that I would be perfect for them. Although I had zero background in sales, I was just like. Hire me. I'll show you. We'll talk salary later. And uh, it worked. And it just sort of took off from there. And when I thought it would be a temporary job, I'm still doing 17, what is it, 17, 18 years later. I've worked for a number of the major manufacturers over the years. I was a regional sales manager for Freedom Scientific uh, in the early 2000s. I worked for Humanware for a while as a uh, as a product specialist. I was there when the, the Apex was being developed and uh, right after the Apex was released. Uh, I've worked as with a, uh, a a vendor who sold you know just a wide variety of products, not only with Bartimaeus Group in the early days, but before I took the job with Hims, I worked for a vendor in the Midwest that sold uh, a wide variety of products with you know made by multiple manufacturers. And one of the things that I've prided myself on is to keep up with what all the different manufacturers are doing, so that if someone has a question about how I compare to someone else, I can give a, a reasonably informed answer. Mm-hmm. I started working for HIMSS in 2013. My wife was offered a position as the early childhood project leader at the American Printing House for the Blind. We were going to be moving to Louisville. The company I was working for didn't didn't cover Kentucky, so I had just sold my Apex and had bought a Braille sense with the proceeds from the Apex. And I called HIMSS and explained that I was a new a new convert and that they needed me, and that they wouldn't be the same without me, and I talked myself into a job, and I've been here ever since. I think this this is very interesting for several, on several levels. First of all, um, it, it certainly does speak for your for your um, knowledge in the area. It's not just like, okay, here's a set of products, and uh, I, I know the standard line the company gives, but you really know the products, and you know the technology. But I think the other interesting thing about what you just said and the information that you just shared is that uh, where you talk twice about, I talked myself into this job. 
um, you talked yourself into that first tech job. And, and the thing that was that interested me as you were talking about that was uh, I told them that um, we'd, you know, give me a, a chance and we'll talk salary later. I mean, a lot of people feel like that when they go and they look for a job that they, that they want all the answers right now. And, and sometimes you have to, you have to sort of negotiate. Um, you do. Yeah. And what was interesting about that first job, the, the first job gets even weirder. They found me initially in a, in a little, one of these little freebie newspaper things. I, it's, it's a long drawn out story, but my, the, the girl I was dating at that point was reading me ads out of this little newspaper thing. And I sent them, this was back in the late nineties before the internet had really solidified itself. Yes. And I sent one of these emails that you instantly regret at like two in the morning, this little paper. And I'm like, you're missing this burgeoning market of blind people looking for jobs online, but not having your newspaper online. What gives? Uh, and then I expected to hear nothing from them. And they sent this thing back and they're like, we don't know if this whole web thing is going to make it, but we're really interested in how you're here. Like, <laughs> we just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this thing, but we're curious about how you're looking for these jobs online. Can we, yeah. can we interview you? And I'm like, man, you can do whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but you got to put in here that I'm looking for a job, that I'm about to quit my, my old job, that I'm a, a really a big fan of income. So, <laughs> you know, you come out and do whatever you want. Just put in here that I'm looking for a job. Right. And so the, the folks from Bartimaeus Group called me. And they were like, you know, we, we want you to be a trainer. I'm like, man, I don't know how to use any of this stuff. I don't want to train people, uh, which is just hysterical looking back on it. Right. And I'm like, what else do you have? And they were like, you know, well, we've got the sales manager thing. And I'm like, I'll take it. I'll show up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know. You can sell anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I have zero experience in this. You'll love me. So you show up. And, yeah. And they so hire I you. came in. Yeah, I, I came in and we did the whole like little interview thing, and they were literally like, "Hey, we're headed to Central Virginia like tomorrow. Do you want to go?" Like, sure. <laughs> um, so my second day on the job, I was doing an overnight trip for him in the middle of Virginia, and I'm asking the owner, one of the owners of the company in this van. I'm like, "Okay, now tell me what this product does. Now tell me the price of it. How does it relate to this product?" I literally had very little idea what I was doing, and I was just taking notes on an old Braille light. Um, oh my goodness. And I figured, I can keep this bad boy under the table. If anyone asks me any questions, I'll just look up the answer. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got the advantage here. I can talk to them and you know, look at them, and I can read, and it, right. it's, it's all going to work fine. And it did. Well, we are looking forward to having you with us, and um, we'll be sending out email information to, to our groups about um, the things that you'll have. And just really appreciate your coming and spending the time. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being in the – I've never been in the great beyond. So, uh. <laughs> well, technology is – you know, our theme for this convention is a Kentucky paradise. Now, Dave, I think you would really enjoy uh, – um, you know, there are three or four people that kind of get together and come up with our themes. And each year we have a different theme. Well, this year it's a Kentucky paradise. So registration is the pearly gates. And and the, <laughs> and the dog guide relief, the, the, the guide dog relief area is the land of canine. There you go. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and the regular 
the exhibit area where you can buy all kinds of good things and and just you know pick up some information and things like that you know the the right. the usual exhibit area is right. the shopper's paradise but you are in the great beyond and and uh so that'll be kind of fun i think we have um we have a hello halo lunch right before the great beyond gets underway and we name our banquet uh, did you know jim shaw did you know him? I did not. No. no, I did not. Okay. All right. Well, Jim Shaw was, he was, um, he was actually Mr. Social Security. I mean, everybody, I think he, he just helped tons of blind people with Social Security and stuff. And right. he was around ACB for a long time. And of course, and he, he, he's from here. So, you know, he went to KSB and he's one of those people that never met a person he didn't like, I think. Or if he right. didn't like them, he sure kept it pretty much to himself. Well, anyway, Jim Shaw died in 2013 um, unexpectedly and um, so we've named our banquet we didn't want to do another award plaque or something for Jim because one of Jim's things in addition to Social Security and just doing lots and lots of things was eating I don't know how some of the restaurants in Louisville kept from going out of business when he died (laughs) and and so our banquet is called is named for Jim Shaw and this banquet this year is the Jim Shaw Garden of Eaton. So I like so, that. Yeah. So I like this. Each, Garden of Eaton. Yeah, each year, you know, the theme is different. And of course each year the banquet name changes. So that's why the the tech area, because the tech area is is so you know, for some people the technology is just so um I mean if you go back twenty years it's it's just a huge change. The things we can do now that we take for granted, just oh, yeah. iPhones, are amazing. Even if you go back ten years, and so that's why it became the Great Beyond. Is it? It really is. You know, it's just kind of reaching out there into. I mean, it's dreamland, really. Is what it? You know, that's that's become tangible. So it really, it, it really is. Yes. Yeah. It is. Well. We do appreciate you being on Soundprints. Looking forward to seeing you at the convention. And hope when you have a new product come out or changes or something to announce that you'll be on Soundprints with us again. I absolutely look forward to it. I can guarantee you him has a number of things that they're working on that we'll be happy to talk about uh, early next year as, as they come about. All right. So you can count on it. Page three. Welcome to State of Affairs. I'm Julie Credence. This hour, we're going to talk about some of the most critical issues facing the estimated 10 million Americans who are blind or have some degree of visual impairment. Issues such as employment opportunities and independent living, and perhaps the biggest obstacles, social attitudes, public misperceptions, trying to overcome the stigma that is still associated with a disability. Let's meet our guests first. Will Evans is Products and Services Advisor at the American Printing House for the Blind. He's a graduate of the Kentucky School for the Blind, where he then taught for several years before serving as superintendent of the school from 1974 to 1994. Mr. Evans also serves on the board of directors for the Kentucky Industries for the Blind and Kentucky School for the Blind Charitable Foundation. Will Evans, welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you. Nice to be here. 
Carla Rushevel is treasurer of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and serves on the board of directors for the American Council of the Blind. Ms. Rushevel is a graduate of the Kentucky School for the Blind and coordinates a service called Talking Newspaper. Carla Rushevel, nice to have you with us, too. Hello. Thank you. In just a few minutes, we'll be asking you to join the conversation. The number to call is 814-TALK. That's 814-8255 or toll-free 1-877-814-TALK. You can also send a question or comment by email to soa at wfpl.org. You know, as we're, as we're talking about some of these social attitudes, some, some of the misunderstandings, it occurs to me, too, you know, you mentioned earlier, Carla, the aging population. I think when we talk about a disability of whatever kind, there's a tendency among people who currently do not have that disability to sort of lump people as a them. It, you know, it's a them issue um, when in fact, as you say, you know, the aging baby boomers, we're going to see rising incidences of glaucoma, of macular degeneration, other diseases unrelated to the eye, like diabetes, of course, that you know, can result in blindness. So right. really these issues that we're talking about this hour are not for a group of people necessarily. I mean, yes, at any one time, but we're see going to see an increasing population. Sure. Sure. And so, some of those folks, uh, you know, not growing up, uh, being blind or visually impaired, they're not aware of the services that, that are available. And, and sometimes they're not willing to admit to uh, their blindness or to their low vision. So um, they may be missing out on, on, on opportunities for service. How does, yes. um, we have just a couple minutes before the first break, and we can, uh, we may not get through, through all of this necessarily, but let's, looking at the Louisville area, how mm -hmm. would you rate Louisville in this, this area in terms of how it uh, provides or serves people who are blind or visually impaired, resources, um, support? I think how are we doing? I think it's a very positive place. I said without using a pun here that uh, the blind people in, in this community are quite visible. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and, and I mean by that people are working, going to work. It's not unusual uh, to see a person uh, with a, a dog guide or with a cane uh, moving on the street in restaurants taking transportation and so I think that uh, there are, there are um, uh, very good positive attitudes that we need to appreciate in Louisville for uh, for that acceptance and for that um, understanding. What well, Louisville is it's that climate yeah. Yeah. yeah Louisville is a good place for a blind person to um, to live not just because um, well, the, the American Printing House for the Blind is here, mm -hmm. and, uh, um, and they do lots and lots of good things. The Kentucky School for the Blind is here. Um, as a result of many people going to the Kentucky School for the Blind in the past, people have settled here um, for various reasons. There's work opportunities here where there are not always work opportunities out in rural Kentucky. My parents uh, are from uh, eastern Kentucky, and when they got out of school years and years ago, and went home to Eastern Kentucky, there was nothing for them. So naturally, they came to where there was work. Um, I think that um, as a result of there being a lot of people who have settled here, um, there have been a lot of accommodations made or, or little things that have been done in the community and some not so little that make it a very positive place to live. Will, I know you wanted to bring up a couple of other things. Well, um, I think the Kentucky Lions Eye Foundation, downtown mm -hmm. Louisville, is a, uh, that, that whole center is a very positive thing in the state of Kentucky, for the state of Kentucky, as well as in the Louisville area. Uh, some very cutting-edge 
research is, is done there, and its close association with the University of Louisville makes it a, a very uh, unique and, and a prize mm. uh, for this particular part of, of our, of our uh, state and the city. And also, um, we have a, a company that has come in recently and taken over what had been the Kentucky Industries for the Blind and later on New Vision Enterprises uh, called LC Industries. And currently, they have employed, uh, Carl and I talked this morning, maybe 20, 24 blind people mm-hmm. to date and are, mm-hmm. and are looking to employ many, many more. So that's been a very positive thing. It's happened just in the last few months, really. Yes, they opened their doors. I think it was February 2nd. This year? Oh, just yeah. earlier this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yes. of course, well, the American Printing House for the Blind, which is internationally renowned. It is. Work as well. yeah, we have about 300 employees, so maybe a little more than that, at the American Printing House for the Blind, and we supply a lot of school materials to students across the nation and literally across the world. Uh, we register the blind and visually impaired students in the United States and its, and its territories. Uh, we registered this year, I think, a little over 57,000 mm-hmm. students that are, that are out there going to school. In, in both residential schools uh, programs as well as local school programs. There's a couple of other resources as well. Um, the now Office for the Blind has uh, the McDowell Center out on Westport Road. A really good program out there called Independent Living and that program is um, designed to have a person make a home visit to mostly elderly but other people who are also losing their vision um, and to assist with doing things like marking appliances, um, maybe marking the thermostat, helping the person who is losing their vision with some tips for orientation to their home, um, getting them signed up for things like the library service that we talked about before, um, helping them with information on getting involved with the paratransit system, which is a special Mm door-to-door system available to um, people who have disabilities who are eligible for that service. So there's just all kinds of of neat things available in the Louisville area. We Um, talk about uh, people uh, older and, and losing vision. Right. Also, we've got mm-hmm. the visually impaired preschool service, right. which works with uh, very young children Infants. and their families. We're talking this hour on State of Affairs about individuals who are blind or visually impaired and some of the issues and uh, resources available. If you'd like to join the conversation with uh, questions or, or information, 814-TALK, 814-8255. And uh, Imogene, you are next on State of Affairs. Hello. Hello. Yes, go right ahead. I... Uh I'm thinking in terms of what uh, they've been saying to prove how important Louisville is to bind people. And one of the big issues at this point is how they want to get rid of the school for the blind. And it's hard for me to believe that anybody could have any such idea. Uh, I was born in around Covington, Kentucky, and I can tell you there's nothing special there. There may be a few things, mm-hmm. but but if I went to school there, what would there be? We are very much... Uh involved in kind of a, a nip and tuck with the Department of Education right now in an effort mm-hmm. to preserve uh, quality education programs at the school. 
KDE will tell you that the school's test scores are terrible, but KSB's test scores have um, improved for each of the last four years. And in fact, right now, um, they have exceeded their 2008 and 2010 goals, um, which uh, they're subject to the same goals as a public school. And, you know, there's many public schools in this state that haven't, first of all, improved for mm -hmm. each of the last four years on those tests. And secondly, um, that that cannot that, that can say that they've reached those goals. And the, well, the school program today has a very strong program. They've got talented staff of teachers and others, uh, strong uh, leadership at the school, and we want to see that preserved. Carla mentioned about the increased scores. In fact, the average scores, uh, the scores at Kentucky School for the Blind exceed the average of all of the schools in the state of Kentucky. That's right. And, and a lot of folks waiting to join in with questions or comments. 814 talk 814-8255 let's go next to melanie melanie thanks for waiting welcome to the program hi hey melanie um i am calling basically to um follow up or, or elaborate a little bit on something that carla had said earlier <laughs> um but first i also wanted to to talk a, a brief moment about my experience with the kentucky school for the blind um i graduated from ksb in 1992 um, and I have since went on um, intermittently to the University of Louisville and been very successful there as a, as a Dean's List Scholar. Um, but I feel that KSB did a lot in the way of preparing me, both um, socially and academically. Mm. And I think it would just be a real, real tragedy to see those types of services end for students today. Um, due to, and partially to the things that, that I learned um, through their independent living program there on campus. I was able to learn how to do things to become independent and live on my own. Um, and then the uh, sports and athletics opportunities that were available, that uh, some of that is available in the public school, and, and it's, it's, you know, it, it, that's an experience that every kid should have the opportunity uh, in which to partake. Mm -hmm. However, at the School for the Blind, you are participating with other kids that are just like you, other kids that face the same challenges and opportunities on a daily basis, and it allows you that camaraderie and to be able to socialize on your on an equal level, um, and and I think that that's there's just something to be said for that, and I and I really feel that until we build stronger partnerships out in the rural uh, parts of Kentucky, there's just no way that we can do without the school right now. Um, okay. But but my comment that the real reason I had called initially was because earlier Carla had mentioned about um, when to offer assistance to uh, blind people, and I just wanted to share with you all a little brief story about something that happened to me today, and I think this will serve as a really good example. I think the bottom line before, just to preface this, I think the bottom line is just to use common sense, and you'll see mm -hmm. in my story, I went today um, to go vote. And in, in, in the way of resources, Louisville has a wonderful new resource available, um, not so new, I think we got it last year, is the accessible voting machine in which um, blind voters can vote independently now, which is just magnificent. Um, so I went today to vote. And when I went in, um, I was um, 
I was treated very well initially, and then after giving my social security number to the poll worker, um, someone came to me and grabbed my hand and began to walk with me to the voting machine. <laughs> and I indicated to the lady that I can follow you just well, and I pulled my hand away, and she grabbed it again and said, no, that's okay, I'll take you. <laughs> and I pulled it away again and said, no, thank you. So I went to the machine. And we're sitting there, and someone asks, oh, how do you get to vote early? And the poll worker who was with me says, oh, well, if you're going to go on vacation or you're going to be out of town while during the election day, um, you can vote early. Or if you're one of these, you can use one of these machines. One here. of these. One of these. <laughs> and I said, oh, ma'am, are you referring to me as one of these? <laughs> and I said, yes, blind people can vote early using the accessible machine, for which we are so grateful. And uh, so anyhow, and then um, it does in there. So I, as I'm leaving, I'm asking if she could please direct me to the door to which I exit. And instead of um, directing me, the poll worker grabbed my cane and pulled me <laughs> and by starts the cane yanking you along. The door. Pulled yeah. you by the cane. <laughs> so these examples happen. just mm -hmm. go to show that if I weren't visually impaired or blind, if I didn't have a cane or a guide dog, you wouldn't think twice about doing those things. Mm. You know, just use common sense. Because as, as Carla had said earlier, I welcome someone to ask me because maybe maybe I would like assistance. And I've, I have the articulation to ask for that help when I mm -hmm. need it. But sometimes it is nice for someone to ask me. But it's very offensive when someone just mm -hmm. assumes that and I need the help. Melanie, you've, you've given great illustrations and a lot of food for thought <laughs> for all of us this hour. Thank you so How much. True. What, a, what, a, what a great call. <laughs> Melanie, wonderful. thanks very much. And uh, next, uh, Marcellus is on the line. Hello, Marcellus. Yes, how are you doing, Julie? Okay. Yes, I was calling today. I know both Will and Carla. Hey, Marcellus. How, how you, you doing? doing? Carla. I wanted to let them know publicly how much I've appreciated. I, I did not attend the school for the blind. I attended uh, public school and I started going uh, blind when I was in high school at Butler High School. But uh, I wanted to reiterate, uh, like many of the other callers, from being around that atmosphere, uh, coming to work at Kentucky Industries for the Blind out of college, I learned to adjust to being around other blind people, and I've learned so much, and it's helped me to adjust socially and emotionally and psychologically to deal with blindness and, and accept the independence that a lot of blind people have and just being able to visualize it and also experience it has been a benefit to me in my life. But the comment that I wanted to make today is uh, I want Carl and Will both to explain uh, to the public how assistive technology has opened up a world for the blind and, and oh, allowed man. it to be more competitive. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my Braille note. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a great topic. So I, I, I take my comments out there. You guys have a great day. Okay. Thank Thanks. you very much. Let's, have let's to, acknowledge Marcellus Mays. Uh, he's with the Metro Disability Coalition. Yes. Wow. And, yes. Right. and he's, he's, he was, uh, I think they were on TV last night. Technology has just revolutionized. I, we started out by saying what are some of the, uh, the important areas and uh, right. transportation is one of those areas that, uh, that prov um, creates difficulties and, and, and but the other is access to information uh, for blind people mm -hmm. and the computers has opened up the whole world uh, for uh, personal enjoyment uh, for students in school and for people at work. About 20 seconds left a few phone numbers also as well run phone numbers. Okay. Um, Could I just give one, get the one, one, one mm -hmm. website Mm -hmm. And that is the American Printing House for Blind has APH.org. Okay. And that's their website. And in that, there is a program called Louie. 
L O U I S for mm-hmm. Louis Braille, mm-hmm. and we have about 180,000 titles mm-hmm. that are in accessible formats. Great. Okay. Give, a, give a look. And then there's the ACB website, which is acb.org. On phone numbers, um, if you, the American Printing House is 895-2405. Uh, as I said, the Kentucky Council of the Blind is 895-4598. That has to be the last number and the last word. I yep. want to thank Will Evans with the American Printing House for the Blind, Carla Rushevo with the thank Kentucky you. Council for thank the Blind. Thanks much. so much Enjoy for being it. with us today. Nice we surely appreciate it. State of Affairs is produced by the Public Radio Partnership with support from the University of Louisville. Heidi Caravan is the producer. Laura Ellis is our director. Robin Fisher is our researcher. Our intern is Kyle Fisher. Carol Pye was on the phones today. State of Affairs website direction provided by Alice Thompson. I'm Julie Credens. I hope you'll join us next time for another edition of State of Affairs. Page 4, the Sound Prince calendar. On November 2, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Public Relations and Membership Committee We'll meet at 8 p.m. by conference call. The number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On November 3, the American Council of Blind Lions will hold its monthly meeting. Lions from around the country are invited to share ideas and ways to be involved in their local clubs. The time is 9 p.m. Eastern and the number is 712-432-3900. The code, 796096. On November 4, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its first roundabout for November from 3.30 to 10 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. November 4 and 5 is the 2016 Families Conference sponsored by the Kentucky School for the Blind and the Visually Impaired Preschool Services. It will be held on the campus of the Kentucky School for the Blind, 1867 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. For more information, contact Mitch Domke at the school by calling 502-897-1583, extension 0204. On November 6, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind committees will meet by conference call Advocacy at 7 p.m., Education and Technology at 8, and Activities at 9 p.m. all Eastern Time. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. The Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold its November meeting on November 9, rather than November 8, from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church in Owensboro. Please note that the meeting is changed to Wednesday rather than the normal Tuesday meeting date due to Election Day. The theme this month will be games, sharing, and more. For more information, contact Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270 270- Four eight five eight one seven zero. November 11 and 12 is the 43rd Annual Conference and Convention of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. The theme is a KCB paradise filled with workshops, programs, exhibits, food, and friends. Make room reservations at the Ramada Inn North in Louisville by calling 502 
897-5101. Rooms are $80 a night plus tax for up to four people in the room. Pre-registration is now open for the convention. Call 502-895-4598 to pre-register by telephone. November 13 is the ACB Families next conference call. The topic will be Accessible Online Games. This is a chance to share online games and fun ideas and apps. The call is at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and the number is 712-432-3900. The code is 796096. November 18 will be the final GLCB roundabout for November. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On November 20, the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association will hold its board meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The conference call number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On November 28, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will hold a meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the conference line and at 8 p.m. that evening, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its November board meeting on the same conference line. The number is 605 Four seven five six zero zero six, and the code is two nine four 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 four. December three is Christmas with the Council, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky, and Tri-State Library Users and KCB Next Generation. All invite you to share the holidays with us. Lots of fun for both kids and adults. Five dollars per person will include a homemade dinner caroling, games, gifts, and Santa at United Crescent Hill Ministries. For more information, call 502-895-4598. December 4 is the 5th Annual ACB Radio Holiday Auction. From 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time, live on ACB Radio. For more information, visit www.acb.org. On December 13, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, Savvy, will hold its Christmas party. Join them for dinner, a gift exchange, a $5 limit for the gift, and more. More details coming soon. The party will be at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, Call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.